Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Back from the Bay Area, Wes, a late-night flight, minimal sleep. I'm not sure how you're doing. I'm a little tired. And that was uh, not what the Packers had in mind going to the West Coast. Another West Coast dud. Green Bay falls to the San Francisco 49ers, 37-8. Quite frankly, just dominated in all three phases. The San Francisco 49ers have stated their supremacy right now on the top of the NFC. The Packers have learned how far they have to go. And uh, these next few weeks will be about trying to close that gap. Yeah, one month to fix it. And, you know, we could sit here. Matt Arvin could put our final thoughts video up on the, the back panel. We could discuss everything in terms of what the Packers need to execute to win this game. They didn't do any of it. No. We talked about a fast start. They go out. They have the fumble on the first possession. San Francisco punches in a two-yard Tevon Coleman touchdown on their first offensive play. They aren't unable to you know, consist, consistently get good and favorable down in distance on first and second down leads to the starting offense going 0 for 14 on third downs, or 0 for 13 on third downs. Right. There are so many different things that you could talk about in this game, the inability to get Aaron Jones going, the inability to get the ball to Jones in space, whether that be through the run or the pass, uh, you know, the, the missed opportunities, a few strange penalties in the first quarter the Packers were not able to overcome. Boil down however you want. The San Francisco 49ers were the better team. They played disciplined. They played well. I tip my cap to George Kittle. Uh, was playing through a pretty bad ankle injury, it sounded like. Still comes up with six catches for 129 yards, including the 61-yard backbreaker. Didn't slow Packers. him down any. He certainly no. showed he can still run on that ankle. Boy, he's uh, he's he's dynamic. But that, that explosive play came on what was the Packers' only offensive score and basically shut the door on any hopes of the Packers pulling some kind of second – Half miracle, and now they sit at eight and three. Yeah, it was about as rough a start as you could imagine. The Packers get a first down early. Devontae Adams gets called for a personal foul over by the 49ers sideline, backs him up 15 yards, so it's as though the first down never happened. And then Aaron Rodgers gets sacked on third down in the pile of bodies. The ball squirts out. The 49ers end up with an easy touchdown. And really, the bulk of the rest of the first half. Packers offense was just struggling. I believe it was 5-3 and outs. The Packers defense, I thought, was hanging in there until the last couple minutes of the first half. They hit the 42-yard touchdown pass to Debo Samuel. Then when the Packers had their fifth three and out, which gave the ball back to the 49ers with still enough time, they hit another play and got in position for a field goal to make it 23 to nothing at halftime. It went from 13 nothing to 23 to nothing just in those last couple minutes of the first half and then as you said even when the Packers scored early in the second half you get a touchdown Devonte Adams on the quick little shovel pass his first touchdown reception of the season you get the two-point conversion you get it to 23 to 8 but then the 49ers go 75 yards in two plays the 61 yard George Kittle touchdown and uh, they basically just said we're not going to mess around with these guys any longer and and put the Packers away. Um, the whole question now, Wes, is is how do the Packers come back from this? Now the schedule is favorable. You've got the two bottom feeders in the NFC East the next two weeks, the Giants on the road, Washington at home. But I'll say this, and we'll talk about this a little bit as the week goes along. I don't care about the Giants' 2-9 and nine record. Coming back from a night game on the West Coast, the way the Packers were just 
beaten by a legitimate contender, this is going to be a challenging week to prepare, to get ready mentally, physically, everything that needs to go into this game. This is going to be a challenge. The Giants' 2-9 and nine record and a rookie quarterback and all that aside, uh, the Packers have their work cut out for them to make sure they go out to Jersey and come away with a victory. You and I, back in April, when we were breaking down and dissecting the schedule, uh, we looked at this as probably the toughest turnaround of the Packers' season, uh, knowing what it was going to entail. And you have to remember, we didn't think the San Francisco 49ers were going to be the team that they are. Yeah. And we still The team to beat right now in the NFC. There's no question about that. They, they could be the 49ers from last year with Nick Mullins where they're, you know, 3-9 and nine or whatever, and you're still going to be able to – you're going to be put in a situation where you have to make a quick turnaround. It's going to be a challenge. Packers could have also won this game 42 to nothing, and it would be a significant challenge. So that's why I think it's going to be really interesting for Matt LaFleur this week to push the right buttons with his team, uh, not only mentally but also physically. We'll see what Wednesday's practice looks like. Thursday with Thanksgiving, how the Packers go about handling that, which is traditionally their padded practice for the week. There's a lot of different question marks that are in my head right now, but the biggest thing, and some of the guys in the locker room talked about this afterwards, you have to get back on track now. Because in some ways, this kind of reminds me of the, the boxer that, you know, or, you know, a fighter that works their way up. They get that championship bout and they get knocked out in the first couple of rounds. Well, what happens after that, right? You're going to end up working your way back up. You're going to end up probably having some hand picked opponents. And you got to get your, yourself back in a position where you want to contend. That's where the Packers are right now. You can't look past the Giants. You can't look past Washington. You can't look past the Bears, despite some of the Bears' struggles this season. You need to pick up the W's that you're supposed to pick up now, yep. though. Yep. Because the only way to kind of take this bad, sour taste out of your mouth is winning the games that are in front of you and then going into U.S. Bank Stadium in a month's time, 11-3, and three, and, and looking to you know prove some people wrong. So it, it's difficult. It's tough. They missed out on their opportunity to be the top seed in the NFC race. But you know I, I know one of the things Matt LaFleur pointed to and some of the players talked about as well is it showed them again where the bar is and what they need to do to attain that bar. And right now, whether it's execution, whether it's miscues, whether it's just not being able to find the right efficiency and execution at the right time, Packers just are not at that level at this point. Yeah, I think the most disappointing thing, certainly, when you look at the overall performance is that the Packers were coming off a bye week and they were healthy. Yeah, that's so, a tough one. Yes, the 49ers are very good. They are the top team in the NFC right now. Going out to their place was going to be a big challenge no matter what. But to really not be competitive in the game when you're a healthy team, when you're coming off a bye week, that's the uh, that, that's the big red flag with this team right now because it's the second West Coast trip in a month where the Packers have really fallen flat. And there's, you have to be careful now because you have another road game against the Giants. You're going to have back-to-back -back road games to Minneapolis and Detroit in the last two weeks of the regular season. You can't, you can't fall into this trap of of being one of these teams that is that's like Jekyll and Hyde, where right. you play a certain way at home and then a, another way on the road. Because the Packers' offensive line in the, these these last two road trips has not held up against fierce pass rushes. The defense has been giving up the big plays and even when they're not giving up the big plays they're still giving up drives for field goals they're not getting a lot of stops um when they're not playing at uh at lambeau field so there's a lot for the packers to work through here but uh but you said it right now the whole focus is to get yourself in the position you need to be in 
when you go to Minneapolis in Week 16 at U.S. Bank Stadium, you're tied right now with the Minnesota Vikings. Both teams eight and three. Um, both teams have three games before that meeting in Week 16 on Monday night, two days before Christmas, two nights before Christmas, and uh, um, that's that's really what you have to build towards now is to build towards that game. Yeah, and you, you got to hope that you know they were able to, relatively speaking, get out of this game healthy. There is the issue with Brian Balaga. We'll see what the week holds with him. Right. Tough to lose him after nine offensive snaps. Alex Light, who has played some, he played 76 offensive snaps going into this game, but then he gets thrust in there for 71, almost matches that uh, in this matchup against San Francisco. And it's not just the fact that they have four or five first-round picks in that defensive front. It's how many stunts they run. It's the things that they do to confuse. Uh, and Robert Sala, to his credit, I thought really you know, mixed his personnel well and made things difficult on Aaron Rodgers in that offensive front. But, yeah, you have to put all that behind you now because the reality is you're going from facing – one of the premier, if not the leading horse in the race right now in San Francisco to a New York Giants team that's really struggling and struggling to find its identity. They appear to have their quarterback of the future. They have their running back of the future. But beyond that, there isn't a whole lot to point to for New York. Green Bay's 8-3. and three. You have to, without any question, without blinking an eye, without even considering what happened on Sunday night, go in there and take care of business against the Giants, try to improve, try to find answers, and honestly, just build some confidence and swagger here. Get on a run again. You know, they've lost two of their last three now. So get on a run. No better way to do it than on the road against New York. Yeah, this is one of those games coming up here. I'm reminded that the thought just occurred to me. You know how big a baseball fan I am. Huge. As, as big a, a Brewers fan as I am. I'm reminded of what, now, the circumstances are not exactly the same, but I'm reminded of a message that Craig Council delivered to his Milwaukee Brewers when Christian Yelich had broken his kneecap and you're in Florida at Miami where you're playing a team that's going nowhere, the stands were practically empty, and Craig Council's message was these are the types of games you have to bring your own energy. Now, in New Jersey on Sunday, the stadium's not going to be empty. There's yeah. going to be fans. There's going to be noise and whatnot. But the Giants are 2-9. and nine. Right. They're in a rebuilding mode with a rookie quarterback. The Packers need to try to get their season back on track. You're not going to have the Lambeau Field crowd behind you. This is one of those games the Packers are going to have to bring their own energy, and it's going to be a challenge with everything that they've gone through. And as you said, we'll see what happens with Brian Balaga and if there are any um, changes that need to be made on the offensive line. But it's a but it is a a bring your own energy game because uh, because the Packers cannot continue to play like this on the road. They've got to find it. They've got to find it within themselves and because uh, um, because you're gonna have to win. You're gonna have to win at least two, if not if not three, road games here down the stretch to be in the position you want to be in. Yeah, and you know credit to Green Bay at this point. You know one of the reasons that they're sitting at eight and three is they've won some games on the road and they've won some games in loud environments like Kansas City. Albeit I know Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing in that yeah. game, but there was an element of adversity they had to overcome. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, who could very well end up being the NFC East representative. They're, they had those type of games, but you know how this is, Mike. There's going to be levels to this game. Yeah. And San Francisco, New Orleans, Seattle, they're kind of on that top tier. Now, Green Bay hasn't had a chance to test themselves against the Saints and, and Seahawks, but, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Minnesota and Green Bay, I think, are trying to figure out exactly where they fit into this picture. Right. So this journey to get to that Week 15, Week 16 game now, 
that's paramount. And again, the third step doesn't matter unless the first step is a good one. And that's why the Giants, that has to be the focus now. Yeah. You mentioned the road victories at Dallas and at Kansas City in the wee hours of the morning on the flight back as I was writing Insider Inbox, I made the, I made this comment. You take week one and everything that goes into the Chicago trip kind of out of it because week ones are week ones. Yeah. They are what they are. But those two road victories at Dallas, at Kansas City, were essentially predicated on getting off to the fast start. You were up 31-3 to on the Cowboys in the third quarter. You jumped out 14 nothing on Kansas City. Now the Chiefs came back much, yeah. much quicker. But you got up, you got out 14 to nothing. They came back, and then you were kind of in a dogfight the rest of the way. The Packers have to find a way on the road that when things don't start well, they have to find a way to to you know to turn the key and get the engine started right. because these last two uh, these last two road trips for the West Coast they've started poorly on offense and simply never found anything. And you can't you you, you can't end up feeling like you're defeated after one quarter on the road if you don't start well they've got to find another way to win a road game yeah and that's that's the thing because it's really interesting where it's not like this has been a prolonged issue where in 11 games green bay's just not been able to get off to fast starts it's either been red hot or ice cold right so you know you obviously want to always steer towards red hot but if it isn't that you need to make sure you stay in in the middle in equilibrium and and that's been a challenge for green bay and again this is why i just i look at these games against new york and washington and you cannot look past them i mean they are no hugely important we do not want to be sitting here a week from now talking about letdowns i mean it's just that that's not the narrative of the season right now but that being said this is the opportunity now in front of you and and if you're the Packers, you have your schedule here with the last five, and then you look at what San Francisco's dealing with and the challenge that they face in Seattle, you have to be thankful for your lot in life right now, and you have to capitalize on those opportunities. Yeah. Before I forget here, Wes, a little sponsor business. Select Cousin Subs locations are now offering delivery. Whether you're ordering online or, sorry, whether you're ordering catering or your favorite sub, they're delivering right to you. When you order online at CousinSubs.com, Cousin Subs, we believe in better. First time I've stumbled on that. That tells you how tired I am. Yeah, well, it also tells you how <laughs> solid you've been. I mean, you know, it's like a gold glove outfielder, right? I mean, every yeah, once every, in a while, once in a while man. every season there might be that one that comes out of the glove. Hey, can I, before I think we're going to wrap up here on, on some of the other games that, and the other action that happened, but yeah. before we get there, I just want to mention Zadarius Smith, and, and I wrote about it, Yeah, uh, his acknowledgement for Absolutely. a member of the equipment staff. I get it. It was like the only silver line to this game, but I, I thought it was meaningful on two different w- reasons here. And, and before I get into that, I'll, I'll mention this was a, a gesture that he had come up with with a member of the Packers team equipment staff uh, whose mother has, has been battling an illness. And throughout the week when they got back, they had discussed this, and when they got back from the bye week, uh, that equipment staff member, they came up with this idea to do a T-shirt, an undershirt underneath Zadarius's jersey that said, We Heart Eileen. Matt Arvin might be able to bring that up on a, on a photo here. But an incredible, uh, neat thing. The, the son is actually the one that drew that for Zadarius on there. And is after his first sack uh, in the second quarter, actually lift that up. The cameras were able to capture it. The other thing to this that's pretty neat, Zadarius Smith, one and a half sacks, moves to 10 on the season. Him and Preston now over that 20 mark the first time since 1993 the Packers have had two pass rushers over double-digit sacks. What an investment they made there. Uh, Brian Gutekunst made those two, Mike, the way that they're trending. In addition to a really nice emotional moment for them, 
they, that could very well go down as one of the best signings the Packers have had here in free agency over the last 25 years. Yeah, absolutely. Two guys in double digits in sacks with five games to go. It was uh, Reggie White and Bryce, Bryce Pop, Pop in 1993 was the last time the Packers had two in double digits. And a lot of things went wrong for Green Bay in that game, but I I really challenge you. If you have a chance to rewatch it, I'm sure there's not a lot of Packers fans that want to. <laughs> I think you'll probably talk about this somewhat in one last uh, – with uh, you know uh, what you might have missed – Zadarius or Preston Smith, you talk about two guys whose engines don't stop until yeah. the final whistle. Yep. Man, I, again, I'm waiting for the final stats on Pro Football Focus as far as how many pressures Zadarius generated again in this game. That guy keeps working. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough defensively. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Elsewhere in the NFC, where things stand right now, everybody, everybody now has had their bye week. Everybody has five games left to go. The San Francisco 49ers are 10-1. and the New Orleans Saints and Seattle Seahawks are 9 and 2. The Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings are 8 and 3. The Saints they uh they caught a break, Wes. Um a 28-yard field goal that's missed. Now, obviously the Saints still would have had a chance to either win with a right. touchdown or tie with a field goal and get the game to overtime, but a 28-yard field goal missed by the Carolina Panthers with two minutes to go, and then it gives Drew Brees the ball, and as uh, predicted, he marches the Saints down the field, puts Will Lutz in position. New Orleans escapes after blowing a uh, two-score lead in the second half to Carolina, so the Saints get to 9-2. and two. The Seahawks get to 9-2 and two by taking care of business on the road at Philadelphia. Carson Wentz did not really have any of his primary offensive weapons with the exception of Zach Ertz. And Carson Wentz, frankly, just did not play well. And uh, um, and Seattle, um, they got the victory. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. It wasn't anything spectacular. But uh, um, but they are 9-2 and two and still right on the 49ers' heels in the NFC West. And then um, interesting game tonight with uh, the Los Angeles Rams at 6-5 and five, trying to stay in this playoff chase in the NFC with a big home game in prime time against the Baltimore Ravens, the team that everybody is uh, um, pegging as one of the top teams, certainly one of the top two teams in the AFC, if not the top team right now, and one of the top teams in the league altogether. The most dynamic and explosive team, uh, I think, right now in, in professional football and, and certainly one of the hottest uh, in the Ravens. So that's a big challenge for the Rams. The thing that kind of stinks for Green Bay is they didn't get any help. They really didn't get any help the last two weeks uh, when you look yeah. at how this thing unfolded. When there were a lot of games that were looking like maybe the Packers would get some help and then they and then they all they all went the other way. Yeah, and Philadelphia, it's funny. Philadelphia and Carolina are both 5-6, and six, but, man, there's a different – feeling about both of those five and sixes Carolina it's like they are just a few plays here or there yeah. away from you know being a team that's in playoff contention and the Eagles to me just continue to flounder and, and as you mentioned there's a lot of injuries they're dealing with but um, their inability to fight through some of those things has been a thing that has plagued them Seattle finds a way to win though Russell Wilson only throws for 200 yards not one of his better performances but you know that that's a credit to him. It's a credit to what they do and, and how they're able to find things. They to, hit to make they it hit work. two big plays and that was the difference in the game. They hit the uh, kind of the flea fl flicker throwback pass, whatever you want to call it, for the one touchdown. And Rashad Penny breaks off a long touchdown run for their other touchdown. And then uh, their defense did the rest against uh, an Eagles offense that, as I said, you know Jordan Howard, Nelson Aguilar, uh, those receivers 
were all out, and uh, and Carson Wentz just didn't have it. Yeah, and, and this is actually something I really like about Pete Carroll. Um, Rashad Penny's not had a great start to his career with the Seahawks, and obviously Chris Carson is the one that's come up and sort of grabbed that brass ring as they're starting back. But when they've needed to turn to him this season, he's produced for them. Now he's not pushing for the starting spot yet, but I thought this was one game that showed exactly what he adds to that offense. And again, it's just one of those deals where – Good teams find ways to win in bad situations, and, and Seattle certainly did that. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see tonight with regards to the Rams because for them, there will be a big difference between being 7-4 and four or being 6-5, and five. and, uh, you know, regardless of the opponent. But obviously they have a tremendous opponent here. And with right now, you're, you know, your number, basically your your bottom record in a wild card chase in the NFC is at eight and three, and uh, uh, if the Rams get, if the Rams get to seven and four, then hey, they're right there. But if they don't and they're six and five, then they're really playing uphill the final month of the season. Very difficult to make the playoffs as the number three team in your division. Yeah, uh, even more difficult to find that second wild card spot when you're hovering around five hundred. The Rams have been better than the Eagles have been this season, but again, one of those teams that just has not done enough to separate themselves from the pack. You know, Jared Goff, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions so far in the season. It's a big, big game for them because as much as we talk about the Ravens offensively, defensively, I'm not saying it's the 2005 unit or 2006 unit, but they are doing a lot of things right. Yeah. And they're going to make things difficult. Yeah. A, a, a very, very interesting uh, cross-conference game yeah. for this late in totally. the season. That'll be worth watching. But for now, we are going to sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team here on Packers.com. Subscribe to us like us on iTunes and other podcast services and do check out the new Packers YouTube channel all kinds of great video content out there for you with that thank you for watching everybody we'll see you next time